the problem. You got all the questions? Why are you to me? Let me hear what I'm saying, okay? It's like could cause uh, everybody to freak out. This is a new way. And it's a new day. It is me in the microwave. Because consciousness is expanding. This is... When you guys are supposed to cheer. Please clap. Are you serious? Oh, who wouldn't want an opportunity to talk to Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty? Well, uh, Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty, who host the popular uh, radio talk show, ask the same question of their listeners, and here's their response. Do I believe it? Not particularly. I give you America itself. This is Ed McMahon. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. the longest day of the year, my friends. Is it already? The first day of summer is the longest day of the year. Mm. Do not waste it. Mm. I just can't believe that the days start getting shorter already. Doesn't it seem like it... Yeah. Aren't all days 24 hours, says the guy nobody likes at a party? I don't want the days to start getting shorter. Oh, no. This is National mm. Pessimism Day. Not much you can do about it. Everything right? gets worse from here. Think about Live it. Live from Studio C. No matter what good things happen to you, just focus on that today. See your dimly lit room deeper than the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications Compound. And hey, everybody, on a Friday, we're under the tutelage of our general manager. A direct, kinetic, proportional... Oh, never mind. The strike that didn't happen. The dog that didn't bark. Our response to Iran. What is it? What will it be? So according to the New York Times, as late as 7 o'clock last night, East Coast time, the strike was still on. Planes were in the air on the way, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So sometime after seven o'clock DC time, that the president pulled the plug on uh, on on the big strike. I have no idea if that story, which has been widely reported today, is true or to what extent it's true. Uh, I, but I'll it's bet certainly it's, a springboard for interesting discussion. I'll bet the strike was uh, authorized and on the go. I think that was true. There's enough different major publications reporting that. I think it's probably true. The lamestream media. Unless it's a complete, um, you know, it's a complete head fake. But, man, it'd be hard to fool that many of the media, right, with all their inside sources. You'd have had to keep that really tight if it was all fake. Yeah. Just to try to get the message to Iran that we're willing to do that. So did the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times come up with this story independently? I don't know. They hit my feed within 20 minutes of each other. Yeah, just everybody I've heard this morning has been quoting the New York Times, uh, so I don't know. Because, you know, the Lord knows they've gotten a, uh, a story wrong before. They have a source. The White House's response was intriguing. They said whoever the source was was not in the room. And according to the New York Times, similar to the story last week, they said they ran it by the, uh, the yep. Pentagon, and the Pentagon said, yeah, it's okay to report that. All right, fair enough. Anyway, uh, uh, and the Pentagon's not out today saying anything, so I don't know. Yeah, nonetheless, it's a really interesting uh, situation, and one we will discuss. Are you on the side of you're glad he pulled back, or are you a uh, he's a coward and has shown weakness? Oh, Which oh, side are you on? You have to choose oh, a side. No, I don't. You have to choose you a side. You can't make me. There's only two sides. <laughs> That's right. If he'd gone ahead, he's a bloodthirsty warmonger yeah. and, and the new Hitler. And if he didn't go ahead, he's a coward and weak-willed. Yeah, I would like to uh, live in a parallel universe where the strike had gone on because there was a lot. I was watching MSNBC this morning, and there was a lot of talk of sending messages of weakness, and now he looks like a guy who's all bluster. And So if he'd gone ahead and, and hit Iran, right. then what would have the story been? Well, I can come up with three. Thirsty, bumbling into war. 
Sure, yeah. And I can come up with three or four very reasonable explanations of why you know it might have happened the way it happened. And we got a great email, which we'll feature in Mailbag, from a, uh, a listener who is... Uh, obviously quite knowledgeable on the topic, so stay tuned for that just a few minutes away. So Donald Trump has just tweeted moments ago, on Monday, they shot down an unmanned drone flying in international waters. We were cocked and loaded to retaliate last night on three different sites. When I asked how many will die, 150 people, sir, was the answer from a general. Ten minutes before the strike, I stopped it. Not proportionate to shooting down an unmanned drone. This is the second tweet following us. I'm in no hurry. Our military is rebuilt, new, and ready to go. By far the best in the world. Sanctions are biting, and more added last night. Iran can never have nuclear weapons. Not against the USA and not against the world! Exclamation point, all caps. Well, it sounds as if the new Hitler is saying, well, there's no reason to hurry. We're going to be careful and deliberative here and not kill a bunch of people unnecessarily. So is all ready to go, planes in the air. How many people are going to die in this? 150. And he says, "Ah, I'm not going to do that. That's interesting. If that's what, well, you know, the president's saying that's what happened. Yeah, uh, you know, it's funny. Did the New York Times go with planes in the air specifically? I yeah. didn't read the whole thing. Yeah. Oh, okay, interesting. Yeah. Which I, I could believe just because it'd take a while. You can't, like, you know. You can deliver missiles, though, several different ways, and the most common way is to unleash them from ships in the region. Um, so uh, I just thought that was interesting. You can target a cruise missile and have her underway in moments. So I don't know. I don't know. Let's introduce everybody in the squad, and whether or not it would have been a good idea, I haven't got the slightest idea. This is where presidents earn their pay, I'll tell you. Because oh, yeah. that is one guy making a decision for all of world history in some cases. One guy. Well, and you can and, have a room full of the smartest people who have ever walked the earth, and they all disagree with each other on what will happen next. Absolutely. JFK, he had plenty of the smartest people in the world, best military strategists in the world, who thought we absolutely should attack Russia over the Cuban Missile Crisis. Absolutely. And he had to make the decision. He had to make the call. Yikes. And it comes down to one guy. Um, let's introduce everybody. We'll start over there with our board operator, Michelangelo. How you, I hope you're going to enjoy the longest day of the year. How are you this morning, Michael? I'm doing good. You think as president, maybe you do this occasionally just to uh, send out a message to your enemies like, you know, I, I might be crazy. And just to make them think, you know, he might actually do something. So, I, you know, to make them think. Yeah, if, I don't know. If a, if a rogue regime shoots down one of your aircraft, it's not crazy to hit them back. It's not. It's not like just out of nowhere. Um, whether it's proportionate or not, I don't know. That's for historians, Joe. There's a positive Sean whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Doing very well. Uh, James Holzhauer. You guys uh, have have you guys forgotten that name already? He was he was He's quite the Jeopardy guy, right? That's correct. Yes, the, uh, the, I had already forgotten the the, the Jeopardy guy. Uh, won 32 straight victories. Uh, second all-time in winnings. Uh, the the ratings for his final appearance, where he was finally bested, have come out. Fourteen and a half million people watched the live wow, viewing. That's shocking wow. in, the, in the modern half hour age. syndicated game show. That is wow. more than the number of people who watched the first four games of the NBA Finals. And wow! And now that's yeah. something. And more than the initial live airing of the series finale of Game of Thrones. That is uh, that is amazing. Little so nerdy guy broke the game, and uh, everybody's watching. I don't know how many of our listeners were watching. Probably a chunk of you, but I mean, if you were just going to go by the raw numbers, we should have talked about Jeopardy every bit as much as we talked about Game of Thrones or the NBA Finals. Yeah, and we've um, been bringing them quite a bit though. Yeah, I never yeah. watched though. I never tuned in. I would catch highlights of it afterwards. I, I never caught it uh, live proper because what is I don't watches, know what channel it's on. <laughs> what is watching TV? <laughs> I don't know. 
There's Marshall Phillips, who does our news every day. How are you, Marshall? Well, I'm excited. Things going to be rocking at Stonehenge in Britain, where the Druids and tourists will be getting together to celebrate the summer solstice. Oh, yeah. And speaking of England... Speaking of England... <laughs> speaking of England... England, do you say? Hello. Today is a royal's birthday. Let me look around to see yes. if I have a damn to give. I do not. Oh, come on now. It's Prince Charles or Prince William's birthday. Prince Nor do Charles. I have any poos or Fs, as the kids say. Wow. And they should stop that. <laughs> Prince Charles and the late Princess Diana's oldest son and heir to the British throne is turning 37. His net worth hovering somewhere around $40 million. But the well, true, whatever that means. Yeah, but the true worth of the royals always a bit murky since a lot of it's tied up in massive estates, jewelry, and the like. So a tip of the hat to the prince. That went well. <laughs> uh, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this. It is How Did It Get to Be? The, the days are starting to get shorter. Longest day of the year. June 21st, the year 2019. We're Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. All right, let's get underway then. According to FCC rules and regulations for which we are sticklers, let's begin at Mark. It could have been somebody who was uh, loose and stupid that did it. Loose and stupid. <laughs> Our original air names. Need to be more specific, sir. We were going to hit Iranian targets like radar and missile batteries, according to the New York Times. Yep. Trump mentioned there were three different sites that we were going to blast and changed his mind. What's the news going to be, Marshall? Well, again, President Trump calling off the attack in Iran. Trump uh, tweeting, we were cocked and loaded. Surprising turn of events in the murder trial of a Navy SEAL and more about Amazon's Jeff Bezos' amazing plans to go to the moon. Coming up. Cool. That's two presidents in a row we've had who are that close to attacking a country and decided, no, I'm not going to do it. That's interesting. Well, my guy is careful and deliberate. The other guy's a coward and spineless. Exactly. All right? That is, that All is, right. That is pretty good analysis right Thank there. Thank you. And pretty I could be on cable TV. Pretty, you could. When do I get my shot? So could any talking duck. Sure. You wake me up in the middle <laughs> of the night, I can immediately be angry and adamant. How does mailbag look? Oh, it's excellent. It's really terrific. We also have clips of the week coming up. So awesome. Try to squeeze everything in. All on the way on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So I'm fascinated trying to read the behind the scenes on how President Trump made his decision to strike Iran and then change his mind. Did he take a long walk in the Rose Garden like Obama did before he pulled back on striking Syria? What gets into a president's head? I wonder if one thing that gets into your head is if this goes, if they retaliate in a certain way, this is the rest of my presidency, or certainly the right. rest of this term, war with Iran. This is all I do every day. Right. Do I send a message, a non-kinetic message, and uh, see how they react? Because, you know, you can always show your cards. Once you show them, you can't unshow them. And once you throw a punch, you can't unthrow it. You can decide, you know, I'm going to give this guy one more chance, and then I'm going to put him in the hospital. But once you throw a punch, you can't unthrow it. So 
I'll be curious to see what the next, I was going to say 24 hours brings. Oh, I'm curious to see what the next four hours brings. Well, you know Pompeo and Bolton and Lindsey Graham were loud saying, we got to hit him, we got to hit him now. And then he ignored them. It's certainly two out of the worse. three. Pompeo is a complex character. Would those three kind of be the the most aggressive Yes, form of the uh, part of the party. Yeah. Well, and Senator Tom Cotton, he was the first okay. one out over the weekend, saying, "We got to hit him. We got to hit him now. Take out their navy, etc." That's that's a full on war with Iran. We should jump down, turn around, interview Tom Cotton if you can get him. <laughs> oh, jeez. Do you actually want to interview him, or did you just like that line? Uh, both. <laughs> Mailbag's coming up in a moment or two, but first, let's take a fond look back at the week that was. It's Cow Clips of the Week. This should be a lot of fun. I got a little getting even to do. Lots of data, lots of evidence. We have high confidence with respect to who conducted these attacks. Unprovoked attacks on commercial shipping warrant a retaliatory military strike against the Islamic Republic of Iran. They gave me questions. I answered them in writing. Not an obstruction. Look, George, you're being a little wise guy, okay? Which is, you know, typical for you. Do something usually means get the government to do something. Doing nothing means let the market do the wondrous things that it can do. But if you've built a chaos factory, you can't dodge responsibility for the chaos. California, the state so primed for its own destruction, its seal actually features a man digging his own grave. I think that we have a addiction crisis that's being disguised as a housing crisis. Um, and the results you can see on the streets, it's absolutely not working, and it's a catastrophe. And we will address it again. I don't know why he's all been out of shape. You slow walk, you dither. Good day to you. And that is why tonight... I stand before you to officially launch my campaign for a second term as President of the United States. Today, we salute you, person who accidentally went viral. What the f*** is happening? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that cow needs a purple ribbon that around might, its neck. That might be the best cow ever. That's pretty, pretty, pretty amazing cow. And I was reminded, oh, that's right. We had a long, really stimulating conversation with George Will. But just in the, the avalanche of news, I just right. we need to there needs to be like a forty eight hour break in news, creating any nobody needs to do anything. Although this Iran Two thing days. is not the usual phony blah blah blah. It's real. Oh, plane, plane actually went down. Actually, might have been a response, etc. Yep, mailbag. Oh, by the way, Biden called Cory Booker last night right. to have a talk with him. What? Yeah, <laughs> called him what? I heard uh, he dropped a, a yeah, you know what bomb on him. And I now, won't even say the letter. I'm too afraid. And now Booker's out saying what the conversation was like. So we'll have to get that update. Here's your. Oh, I don't know if it's called a, him what. Freedom <laughs> love and quote of the day. Someone who will lie for you is someone who will lie to you. Discuss amongst yourself. Huh. Interesting. I like this. This is allegedly from Groucho Marx. That could be. He's a smart guy. Politics is the art of looking for trouble, finding it everywhere, diagnosing it incorrectly, and applying the wrong remedies. Hmm. You know, Groucho did a lot of political humor. I didn't either. He's a very, very smart guy and, and a very serious guy, too. Like, you know, like some comedians are. 
The Marx Brothers freak, so I read a lot about him, but anyway. The big nose and the mustache glasses, right? That's him. That's him. That's him. Yeah. Uh, not a big nose. Well, like that the, was, I was, was thinking a like Jew, Sean. I mean, like what the, are you saying? The, I mean, the, is that, the Groucho Marx this glasses is objectionable. AOC is offended on his behalf. I was discussing the costume that I would... Oh, the Groucho Marx costume? Yeah. Yeah, kind of, sort of. Moving along. (laughs) Here's Steve. I'm just... I'm trying to get with the modern era to be ready to be offended by proxy at a second's notice. Cory Booker going for the Academy Award in that currently. Uh, Let's see. Ah, quick note from Steve... My wife ordered me an A&G t-shirt and hoodie for Father's Day. I am a proper fag now, friend of Armstrong and Getty. My t-shirt arrived. It's great. Looks good. Feels good. Fits just right. But uh, one little thing, the enclosed uh, form is wishing me have a Merry Christmas hmm. in June. Well, um, mm. still, a, still a real sentiment. I hope you do have a Merry Christmas. Yeah, indeed. We're, we're planning ahead for you and your happiness. Your Steve. next one and all of them. I yeah. hope they're all merry. How could you? Uh, how could you possibly, you know, complain about that? Whatever defines a merry Christmas, I hope it happens happens to you. By the way, I hope you have a festive Thanksgiving too, Steve. If that's all right with you. Yeah, I hope your birthday's good. Oh, did I offend you by saying that? <laughs> I'm Thirty. What? About we're, we got it. We're all done already. No, oh, no, no, no. We've got such great <laughs> emails to come, including a very astute listener who's. Uh, Outlined a couple of uh, thoughts on the non-strike of Iran and what might have happened. It's really good stuff. Yeah. We'll, we'll hit you with that in the next segment, I promise. Yeah, man, oh man, oh man. Yeah, look forward to getting to, oh, it's the longest day of the year. we got more time to fit stuff in. Is that the way it works? <laughs> I don't believe so. Marshall's News is next. Armstrong and Getty. <laughs> According to the reporting, it was 10 minutes before the strikes were supposed to actually happen that the president changed his mind, pulled back, however you want to characterize it, on our strike on Iran. Showed weakness. Showed weakness, if you want to go that direction. <laughs> All right. Uh, news now with Marsha Phillips. Now, President Trump confirming it. He apparently approved military strikes against Iran, but then called them off at the last minute. Trump tweeting today. On Monday, they shot down an unmanned drone flying in international waters. We were cocked and loaded to retaliate last night on three different sites when I asked how many will die. 150 people, sir, was the answer from a general. Ten minutes before the strike, I stopped it, not proportional to shooting down an unmanned drone. So there, the, the, the Twitterverse is saying, you didn't ask until ten minutes before how many people were going to die. Well, maybe he asked earlier, got the number, and then ruminated on that in ten minutes before he pulled back. I don't, I don't know how it worked. I would love a... I, I, it's probably impossible, but some sort of timeline, minutes, minutes. So this is when we heard about it. This is when the first meeting happened. Yeah, yeah that stuff's fascinating. Well, and anybody who's ever made a <clears throat> unimpactful long-term decision knows you think and you think and you think and you think. And sometimes something occurs to you later in the process. Or you realize that, uh, I think the, the Bible refers to it as a still, small voice. Um, inside you finally gets your attention and... And you realize, you know, I've been trying to resist that thought all day, but no, that's that's really the truth. So well, I don't know. How Let's many say, of us? And it ain't over. <laughs> how many of us are ever in a position where uh, thumbs up or thumbs down on a decision kills 150 people? It's rare for me, no more than once a week. It's got to be a heck of a feeling. Yeah. Even oh. I mean, if it, even if it's the enemy, 
Um, that's got to be a heck of a feeling. Yeah, yeah. And, and the enemy, you know, and I realize you, you were putting that in quotes, but, you know, those poor sons of guns. Uh, you know, the, the whoever would be killed in Iran, they didn't ask for it. Well, it's their wanna, leadership and the rest of it, so you don't take it lightly. If you want to flip it around, uh, the stats are something like one out of five, one out of six soldiers killed in Iraq were, were basically killed by Iranian proxies. Yeah. They've killed a lot of our people. Yeah, absolutely. It doesn't seem to bother them. The idea was to go ahead and target Iranian radar sites and missile batteries. Now, Trump had warned several times Iran had made a very big mistake when they shot down the drone. But during a meeting at the White House yesterday, he also signaled there might be some wiggle room. I don't know. I I find it hard to believe it was intentional, if you want to know the truth. I think that it could have been somebody who was uh, loose and stupid. Lindsey Graham was one of those weighing in yesterday as well. I'm confident if there's a war with Iran, they lose. I'm confident it would be very devastating to the region, will not be pretty, don't want to go there, but what more do you expect the president to do? You know, uh, going back to the president's statement, I find myself wondering whether that was just giving them an off-ramp, having sent Mm -hmm. the message through our allies in the Gulf that, look, fellas, that's strike two, and we will go ape-dung if you pull anything like this again. Uh, it's it also could be a fairly clever strategy to, to send a message to the Iranian people. Your leadership is just doing dumb stuff. They're not in control of their military. I mean, you got you got guys going sideways, you know, taking it upon themselves to shoot down our drones. Yeah. This is nuts. And all the, and as always, it comes down to the to one man in the United States deciding whether the world does anything about it. So we decide not to hit Syria for using chemical weapons, and does uh, the U.N., France, Germany, any of the other countries that have signed on to these agreements, Britain, do they do anything? Nah, it's up to us. We either do or don't. uh, Yeah, they just kind of shuffle their feet and look around uneasily and won't meet your eye, if you know what I mean. You blow up some oil tankers, threatens the world's oil supply, either we retaliate or don't. The rest of the world, uh, I don't know, what are you going to do? It's always just us. Even Japan, whose ship was hit, is like, well, I don't know what to do. Yeah, that is interesting. And, you know, it's a, it's a burden, but I'd rather have it be us than, oh, sure. than Japan, for instance, or, or France, for the love of the croissant. But then you got to keep your mouth shut. France, Germany, Great Britain, when we're doing whatever, because you ain't doing nothing. Put up or shut up. Is that what you're saying? Good man. Prosecutors were surprised by testimony at the court-martial of a decorated Navy SEAL in San Diego yesterday. Oh, yeah. Wow. A prosecution witness who was granted immunity has now testified that he was the one who actually killed an injured teenage ISIS fighter in Iraq, not the defendant. Navy SEAL Corey Scott testified that Special Ops Chief Eddie Gallagher stabbed the injured teen in the neck But then Scott said he suffocated the ISIS fighter. He's saying because he didn't want the teen turned over to Iraqi forces because he'd previously seen them torture, rape, and murder prisoners. And I heard one commentator say this. I don't know that it was directly from testimony, but he said it wasn't a stabbing. It was an incision, and they inserted a breathing tube. And then the, the, the medic, his reasoning was ISIS fighters get tortured and mistreated and executed by the Iraqi authorities. And he knew that was going to happen to this kid. So he thought he's wounded. Why would I let this guy be tortured? I'm going to end it here. 
And that's why he, that's what he says, why he says he did it. Boy, that's amazing. But it's an unbelievable twist in the trial. I don't think they can possibly get the jury of seven to uh, convict. And talking about being put in situations most of us never deal with. Well, and listen, do I do something awful to stop something way worse from happening? Right, right. Yeah, presuming he's telling the truth. The prosecution's saying, no, he's lying to protect his guy. He's a Navy SEAL, and he has his guy's back, as they always do. Since he's gotten prosecution, he's, or I'm sorry, immunity. immunity. He's saying, no, I did it. He didn't do it. I did it. Um, And it's just a strategy to get him off. But from the jury's perspective, and I actually had this happen in one of the trials uh, that I was on the jury for, when when the prosecution looks sloppy, you think, all right, they're they're alleging all these facts. I don't know which one of them are true or not. And so this that was their own star witness who right. said, no, 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 he didn't kill him, I did. So well, I'm thinking the jury is... Thinking beyond a reasonable doubt, I got all sorts of doubts, but we'll see how it comes out. One last note, Amazon and Blue Origin founder Jeff Bezos is giving some more insight into his space company's lunar plans. He was talking at the JFK Space Summit in Boston, and Bezos saying he's building a spacecraft that will eventually be powered with fuel harvested from the moon. Very, very cold at the bottom of those craters. Volatiles like water can stay in a frozen form. And we can harvest that ice and use it to make hydrogen and oxygen, which are rocket propellants. Facebook has a currency. Amazon has its own NASA. <laughs> Things are moving in an operation. Yeah, we're going to harvest moon ice. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. yeah it, it lasts forever in a cocktail. Yeah, blue. <laughs> blue moon. Can't believe how clear it is either. All right. Yeah. Blue moon, large enough to carry several people as well as cargo. Blue moon. Sorry, I came in prematurely. Again, from the top. Two, three, four. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. If I might, the email that I've referenced a couple of times from Paul in San Diego, um, he's thinking uh, about the drone, the non-strike, and uh, thinking of some possibilities. Uh, uh, Possibility A, it happened exactly as we were told. B, sheer incompetence. Uh, Oh, he's talking about the the shooting of the drone uh, originally. Um, It happened as we were told. B, sheer incompetence, wandered into Iranian airspace and got whacked. See, it's a feint to draw fire. Drone was at high altitude. We now know something of the real-world capabilities in terms of range, accuracy, and uh, who knows what else. Radar signature, satellite probably caught, launch on IR. We are all tuned up. In so terms we learned of about their abilities by right. getting our drone shot down. Right. Similar to, similarly with the run-up and cancel, how long did it take the Iranians to react? What did they do? All dress rehearsal and intelligence gathering in case we strike. Wow. Then again, maybe I just wish we were that good. Those, that's Which, all really interesting you know, stuff. That's a really good, that's an Armstrong and Getty-esque uh, analysis there, Paul. Not bellowing that you know. <laughs> you know, it's just possibilities. Good man, thank you for the note. That's something right there. Yeah, yeah. Or, or by God, the one human being on Earth who makes the final call thought about it for a while, and he thought, if we're going to kill 150 people, we can do that tomorrow, too. Not today. Let's see what the Iranians do. Who knows? There wasn't so, anything super complicated when Barack Obama called off his red line strike. He went for a walk with uh, McDonough in the Rose Garden, and they talked about it for a while, and he just thought, you know, I'm not going to do this. Mm. Just That's just the way it works. Sometimes. Old McDonough. 
He had a farm, as I recall. Oh, That's good stuff, Joe. Oh, Try to have a serious conversation. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm just not in the mood. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So the headline of the day is the United States almost hit Iran, it looks like, pretty hard with missile strikes. And ten minutes before the missiles were going to hit, the only man who makes that decision, the President of the United States, pulled back. And uh, we didn't Mm -hmm. overnight. So there you go. Yeah. And I'm sure we'll learn more about that over the coming days and uh, years and decades. Sure, he had to have in his mind though. If if they if they decide to retaliate, this is this is my presidency. This is my legacy. This is the all the books. Anything that's ever talked about me ever will only about be about this. Right, the guy who vowed to end wars and keep us out of unnecessary wars started one. That's the way it'll be written. But you know, again, give it two hours. We'll see where we are. It's a very very touchy situation. Right. So we've talked about the ransomware story in the past, and man, speaking of tough calls, um, generally you don't want to give in to extorters. Hackers. uh, Because you give in to extortion and you just get more of it. Mm -hmm. But people are. Florida City just paid hackers $600,000 to get their computer system back. Wow. Small city in Florida. Gave uh, hackers $600,000 in Bitcoin. Because the hackers had taken control of the computer system in that town, uh, the Riviera Beach City Council on Monday unanimously approved paying the money in hopes of regaining access to its network. Uh, two weeks ago, the attack happened, wiped out the city's entire commuti- computer system. The city council was left without email and phone service. Direct deposit paychecks had to be hand-delivered instead. The police department had to change over to paper tickets for traffic citations. The police and the fire departments had to write down 911 calls. Receiving about 280 911 calls a day, they were writing them down on paper and handling it that way. Well, and it's the classic, uh, you know, like if you're sued unjustifiably, some frivolous lawsuit. Do we fight this for $1.2 million or do we settle for six hundred grand and just get it done? And, you know, different cities are making different uh, calls. Baltimore, famously, has spent many multiples of the ransom on working around paying the ransom. It's a tough call. Do we need to go back to it? It's like when Target, uh, when their computers went down the other day, and whether that was just a computer problem or a hack, I don't believe is known yet, may never be known. Very well could have been North Koreans, China's, Russia, whoever, checking to see if they could do that. Walmart. Walmart could have done it. Facebook has a currency, and Amazon has a NASA, Walmart could have an army. But do we need to, I mean, but, but as Joe pointed out the other day, Target shut down all across the world. Um, you know, stores have operated for tens of thousands of years. Right. People buying stuff before. You're standing there with money. They have goods, but nobody could do anything about it because their computers were down. And they took 911 calls for many, many years before uh, the whole Internet system came along. So do we just need right. to go back to... 
the system we had before, at least as a backup, not all the time. Sure. But at least teach everybody, have the paperwork in place to, hey, look, if somebody wants to buy something and it's got the price in there, $19.11, figure out what the tax is, take their money, give them some change, and let them walk out the door. Here's a calculator. Here's how it works. Except America's crappy schools have left them unprepared. Unable to do simple mathematics. And then they've got the product, we've got the money, and that's how a store's pretty much supposed to work. I would say. Um, and then, the, however, they used to do 911 calls. You, 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 you retrain people in the way we used to do it. If you heard this the other day, forgive me, but I, I mentioned as a kid, the grocery store where we'd go buy baseball cards and gum and that sort of thing. Um, I'm trying to imagine explaining the guy in the 70s. No, no, no. They'll be, you'll be so dependent on a computer. Somebody can be standing there with $10. And want $10 worth of goods, and you'll just stare at each other. Oh, well, you can imagine the proprietor saying, what are you supposed to get out of my store? I've had it happen in convenience stores before, and you can't blame the, the 19-year-old girl who works there because she's not allowed to you know, go around the rules, I'm sure, or whatever. Right, right. But I just think, seriously, you can't sell me this bottle of water because the computer's down right now. That just seems crazy to me. It is crazy. Yeah, it's odd. So we'll see. Uh, it depends how often this sort of thing happens. I mean, if Target's uh, computers, their registers go down once every 17 years, yeah, but it's probably not worth it to, you know, train everybody. Well, I got started on this with the reason we need to come up with the backup, because the whole ransomware thing, back to that, uh, or, yeah. or, or do, how do we feel about cities paying them off? Seems like a horrible idea. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it does. And the, the so does settling with frivolous law sewers. It's, it's terrible. It's sickening. The city council voted unanimously to pay the extorters $600,000. Yeah, yeah. Um, How much would it have cost to do? Well, I guess it's not about the bottom line, because even if it was a cost more to retrain and put all the paperwork stuff back in place. Well, I suppose you'd have to buy an entire new computer system, because you're not going to go anti-computer for the rest of time. Right, right, right. So I suppose you'd have to buy a home new system, which is probably millions of dollars. But the point is it's worth spending more to rework your system than it is to just pay to let the hackers off the hook, and then there's no promise that they'll, A, give the stuff back to you, or B, won't do it again. They, right. they always do, otherwise their business model would end. Do we believe it's, the, like, uh, do we, do people believe it's a handful of people that are doing all these, or are a whole bunch of different organizations? I uh, so How do I just not get hit by a different organization? It's entirely possible that, yeah, it's, it's, it's more than one. Certainly. Now that I've been signaled as a payer. Yeah. Right. Well, obviously, the other thing you do is go absolutely nuts on computer security uh, as a city. But it's it's hard, man. It's got to make you feel impotent. Yes. Yeah. Well, and all of a sudden your computer turns back on. Okay, the the bad guys now let me use my computer and run the fire department. That's a bad feeling. Thanks. Or run my hospital or what have you, because they attacked hospitals in, in waves at one point. Yeah, but you know, if it's again, if it's going to be six hundred grand to set, to pay, or one point two million to work around, and you just don't even have one point two million as a small town on the coast, you pay. I guess. When does that happen in D.C. with like the Pentagon or something? The Pentagon gets shut down. We want a billion dollars in Bitcoin by this afternoon. Luckily, the government is famously up to date completely on computers. That was sarcasm. There is no more outdated, pathetic, really. Uh, body than the federal government, computer-wise. Although I'm, I'm hoping like DARPA and the Pentagon have good systems, but I don't know that. If you do, feel free to text us, 415-295-KFTC, or email mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Speaking of computers, Jack, I saw this headline over and over again and have ignored it. But I was finally forced to take a look and read it, and by golly, this is nuts. 
young people are growing horns oh, on their skulls. I've seen this before, yeah. Yeah. I, I saw What show did I see that on? Some show. Not Satan horns. Up top. Yeah, I think this is a different thing. Than what oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. This, is, this is true. This, well, according to an Australian university, and the Aussies would never lie to me, they've documented the prevalence of bone spurs at the back of the skull among young adults. It develops because you spend so much time leaning forward more than at any time in human history with just your head cocked downward, your chin lowered, looking at your phone, that the weight of your head is not balanced on your spine. It's being supported by the tendons that attach to the back of your skull. And it causes wear. And anybody who's past, say, the age of 45 is familiar with the idea of you have a bad joint or something, it, it gets bigger. You grow tissue, bone tissue. Actually, I had a foot injury as a kid playing football, and now I got kind of a big bone spurry thing on my, uh, on my foot. You're a goblin. Uh, you know, I'll not be a foot model. Um, so, yeah, new research in biomechanics suggests that young people are developing horn-like spikes at the back of their skulls, bone spurs caused by the forward tilt of the head. So I thought you were talking about the people that get implants in their heads so they can have a horn similar to gauges in the earlobes. Those no. people are idiots. <laughs> With their their split tongues. Yeah, oh, exactly. geez, I saw that the other day. Oh, my God, that's hard to look at. Oh, that is hard to look at. That's the worst thing. Oh, that is. Don't do that. Hey, I'm willing to have my taxes go to mental health care for somebody to do that. Cause Holy you are, crap. You are full-on fruit nuts. Oh, I'm almost making me up, Chuck, thinking about it. Really? Um, well, if I ever want to see you up, Chuck, I know what card to play. <laughs> <laughs> but health experts are warning of text neck. You don't want text next. Well, what are we going to do about that? Wear a brace? Hold the phone up in front of us, I guess. Or or a Google Glass. Eventually, that'll Put be Put a off. bell around their neck. I don't know. <laughs> they got horns. Armstrong and Getty.